Welcome and good morning to Cornerstone. Uh, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Michael Risk, and my family and I, we've been down here over the last six or so weeks during semester break, and it's been good to be back. It's been good to see how the church has grown and to be able to catch up with some of you while we've been down. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be returning back to Sydney continue, to, to continue my studies up at Christ College. However, we do look forward to coming back at the end of the year when I will be ministering here at Cornerstone while I finish my last few subjects. And today it is my pleasure to bring you God's Word. So please do have your Bibles open up to Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20. We'll be working through that together. Um, towards the end of semester, as um, the assignments were piling up on our students, our routine started with some of the dads, um, those of us would have kids, and we were comforting one another, saying that all we need to do is get the assignment in. All we need to do is pass. As long as we do, do those two things, we won't have to retake the subject. Uh, one of us chimed in and said, uh, when you're married with kids, that's all we can really expect, passes and credits. He then said with a bit of tongue-in-cheek, um, if any of us are getting consistent high distinctions, an inquiry needs to be made against them, for they are obviously neglecting something. They are obviously neglecting something. Uh, neglect. Neglect is a failure to care for something properly. I know throughout my time at college and throughout my life, there have been times when I have neglected to care for something which was my responsibility. Uh, not cleaning up my toys as a child. Uh, letting the dishes in the share house get out of control during my uni years. Um, eating junk food rather than going for the healthy option. And perhaps there's something right now that I'm neglecting and may not be even aware that I'm doing it. Uh, those things that we neglect, uh, they tend to enter our blind spots, don't they? We don't realize that we're failing to do something until it goes wrong, or in those gracious circumstances, a friend helpfully pulls us up and shines some light upon those blind spots. Do you know if you are neglecting something right now? Is there anything you are failing to properly care for or do that is your responsibility? Are any of us here neglecting our marriages? The care of our children? Things at work? Things at school? What about neglecting the Word of God? I'm sure I'm not alone when I say this, but there have been times when I've neglected to respond to God's word. There have been times when my Christian life is dry, when my relationship with God is tough. How does something like this happen? Well, it happens through our failure to respond to the word of God given to us by Jesus. Let me say that again. It is our failure to respond to the word of God given to us by Jesus. 
Our friends, today we're opening up Mark chapter 4 and looking at the parable of the sower and how the word of God is heard and received. I traditionally I know that this passage has been typically taken as the seed that which was first sown and how the word was responded to. That there are, there are those that who, are, who hear the word of God and eventually prove that they weren't Christians. And those that hear the word of God and prove to be Christians. However, this passage is also an exhortation to the Christian to reaffirm the commitment they first made when they first heard God's word. That they would ensure that when they hear God's word, that it will be continually received into good soil. That when the Christian hears God's word, it will be continually received into good soil. But friends, I think there's a trap that we can all fall into. And that is there are seasons when we can neglect God's word and fail to respond to it when we hear it. That it can be planted into bad soil. And it is during those times when we aren't properly hearing and responding to God's word that we have been neglectful. Our relationship with God has become dry. Perhaps you're here today and you realize that you've been neglecting your relationship with God. And your Christian life is lacking luster. You hear God's word and at times it feels when you hear it, it just bounces off you. Uh, this is you here today. It is my prayer that your ears would be unplugged and that you would be able to hear and respond to what God's word is saying. And for that matter, we should all be listening. For this message is for all of us. It's a message that we all need to hear. Our friends, the main point of today's sermon is we need to cultivate our lives to properly receive God's word. We need to, we need to cultivate our lives to properly receive God's word. And I have three points for us today. Our first point, point number one, receiving God's word. Receiving God's word. Point number two, understanding God's word. Understanding God's word. And point number three, applying God's word. Applying God's word. Let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to your word this morning, I pray that you would be with each of us. I give us ears to hear and hearts to understand and lives that are ready to hear your word and have it applied. I pray, Father, be with me now as I preach your word. Anoint me for this task. And we just pray these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. So our first point, receiving God's word. As we open up chapter 4, we are told that Jesus began to teach by the lake. And we are told that he taught in parables. A parable is a story that has two levels of meaning. So this story that we have before us is more than just a farmer sowing seed. It is also a picture of how the word is preached and responded to. Look with me at verses 3 to 9. 
where Jesus says, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus tells us, listen, and those who have ears to hear, let them hear. How are your ears going? Are they working? I don't know about you, but mine have been dreadful lately. Uh, we've just completed some renovations to our house. And while we were doing them, Lauren would come up to me and would start a conversation about what changes we could be doing. And there have been times when I found myself not realizing that Lauren was speaking with me or failing to fully comprehend what she was saying or hearing what she was saying but then being caught out days later that I wasn't probably listening at all. Now, I'm sure I'm, I'm not alone in this. And I'm sure many of the husbands here have been caught out a few hundred times <laughs> not probably listening to their wives. Uh, husbands, why don't we properly hear our wives? Uh, for that matter, why do any of us, why do any of us fail to hear when others are speaking? Well, it's because something else takes our attention, doesn't it? So likewise with the Word of God. Here we are given four different scenarios of how the Word of God is heard. First, the Word that is snatched. Second, the Word that withers. Third, the Word that is choked. And fourth, the Word that is accepted. In our parable, God's Word is the same. It's the same type of message. It is the same seed which is sown. The difference here is the soils in which they are planted. Four different soils, four different ways in which God's word will be heard. Uh, the first we are told about is when God's word is preached, it is snatched away by Satan. Just like a bird that takes the seed that has fallen on the path. Uh, this seed can be very much applied to the non-Christian. That when they hear God's word, it just bounces off them. However, I think for the Christian, the Christian needs to be aware that this can happen to them also. There are definitely seasons when they will hear God's word and it will just go in one ear and out the other. We are told in God's word that Satan is like a prowling lion looking for someone to devour. That when your faith isn't as strong, or you are feeling the burden of your sin, Satan will take hold of you during those moments. Satan's desire is that when you hear God's word, it will go through one ear 
and out the other. I'm sure this has happened to each of us. And maybe for some of you, it's happening right now. Jesus also tells us that God's word can be received with excitement. It can be received with joy. However, that joy quickly withers. Verse 17 tells us when trouble or persecution come, they are quick to dismiss Jesus. As a nation, as a country, we are not facing persecution like our brothers and sisters in China, North Korea, the Middle East, or in parts of Africa. However, we are dealing with pressures to leave our faith at home, to keep Jesus out of the workplace, to keep Jesus out of our schools. Um, I was attending a, a conference for men, a Christian conference for men earlier this year, and it was called Men Under Pressure. It was a conference which highlighted that we as Christians are being pressured to conform to the world around us. Uh, In that room, there were pressure on these men to conform to the world around them. And a question was asked. The question was asked, are we meant to die on every hill when our faith is being tested? Or are we to wait for the right moment, to know the right hill to die on? Uh, Friends, I understand this is very much a wisdom issue. However, I fear, I fear that when we leave our faith at the front door, when we choose to put our jobs, our families, ourselves before Jesus because of the troubles and pressures around us, uh, this is a dangerous thing. To choose something instead of Jesus is to deny him, isn't it? As we neglect to respond to the word of God, the joy of following Jesus withers. For the pressures and troubles around us prove to be too high a cost. Uh, There are those that call themselves Christians today who will not necessarily prove to be Christians tomorrow. As our country steadily becomes more difficult for the Christian, and for some, it will be too high a cost, and they will give up the faith. But the Christian needs to be careful also that we do not fall into the trap of leaving our faith at the front door and that Jesus, even in our workplace and at school, in our social gatherings, must remain our greatest joy. Must remain our greatest joy. For a failure to stand up for Jesus is a rejection of Jesus. So let me ask those of us here, is Jesus still your greatest joy? Or are the pressures of this world forcing you to leave your greatest joy at the front door? Our third scenario is the seed sown among the thorns. That as they grow, they are choked by the worries and cares for this world. And as a result, they do not produce a crop. The seed sprouts, but it doesn't produce any grain. When the farmer comes at harvest time, he will find the grain, he'll find the seed that he has sown, and he will say, Where is my grain? All I see here is a stalk. 
Uh, friends, if we are to draw conclusions from this and apply it to the Christian, uh, they hear God's word. They come to church, attend a Bible study. They will sit in the pews of the church till the day they die, but they won't bear any fruit. What is in their head isn't expressed in how they live their lives. Are these people are in our churches? They are perhaps in this room with us. That as they hear the word of God, something else takes their focus. Something else is their Lord, and it isn't Jesus. Their Lord, their God, is the created things of this world, their career, their family, money, holidays, the next new thing to come onto the market. They are going after the cares of this age and the deceitfulness of riches and their desire is for other things rather than Jesus. And as a result, they are not producing fruit. Is this you? Am I talking with you right now? Are you coming here to church each and every week? You are seen as a Christian. You confess that Jesus is Lord. But your heart belongs to someone or something else. Let me ask each of us. How are we hearing the word of God right now? As we hear it, do we dismiss it? Snatched away by the prowling lion? Or as we hear it, it will be received the joy today, but with it tomorrow. Or as we hear it, will we receive it, but have nothing to do with it? Where the seed is planted will separate the, the non-believer from the believer. However, the Christian needs to be reminded that they can also experience these first three scenarios. How does this happen? It happens when we neglect our care and responsibility to maintain the garden. When we neglect to cultivate our lives to properly receive God's word. Uh, the word of God is the same in each of these scenarios. However, the difference is how the word of God is received. The question is, how are you right now receiving God's Word. Is it being sown into good soil or sown into bad? How do you know if you have heard God's word and that it's being received properly? Well, this depends on how you have understood God's word, which brings us to our second point. Point number two, understanding God's word. Have a look with me at verses 10 to 12. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may, ever see, may, that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise they may turn and be forgiven. Uh, this parable that we have here is told as a means of sharing how people have responded to the mystery of the kingdom of God. What is this mystery? What is this secret of the kingdom of God? 
Turn with me to Mark 1, verse 15. Mark 1, verse 15, which says, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Uh, What does this mean? For us, this means that the reign of God is now beginning. Having started with the ministry of Jesus and continuing on during these last days, these last days are an anticipation of the return of Christ and the final judgment. Uh, During these last days, the Holy Spirit is now living and active within creation. And the gospel is being preached to the ends of the earth. Uh, What is the gospel? Let's remind ourselves. The gospel is the good news that Christ came to save a condemned humanity. We all know that we are sinners. Those that have rebelled against God live for ourselves and the created things of this world. Wealth, career, family, recognition, fun, excitement, you name it. One of us have chased after it. Jesus came to save. He brought a message of repentance, telling us to no longer live for sin, but to live for God. And living for God means escaping final judgment. And Jesus has also given us the means to be made right with God through his death and his resurrection. Our sins were forgiven by Jesus taking our punishment on that cross and then being given new life in him through the resurrection and the working of the Holy Spirit. Uh, This is the gospel. This is the good news. The good news of escaping final judgment and being given eternal life through Jesus. And this parable tells us how people have heard and responded to that message. Let me say this again. This parable tells us how people have heard and responded to that message. Those on the inside, those who are Jesus' disciples, those who are Christians, who recognize that Jesus is their Lord and Savior, they understand the message spoken by Jesus. They understand the need to repent. They understand their need for a Savior. They understand that Jesus has made a way possible to be made right with God. They understand that Christ will return. And when He returns, He is going to bring judgment. And what about those on the outside? Those who are not united to Him. Those who have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, what's going to happen to them? Well, just like a crop that has died and hasn't borne any fruit, it's going to be discarded and thrown away. It has no place with God. The seeds thrown into bad soil, the gospel message that is preached, but it falls on deaf ears. The message remains in parables. It's received and understood through distorted ears. 
those that have rejected the word of God, who have not heard the call to repent, will not understand the beauty of the gospel. They have shut their eyes. They have hardened their hearts. Ears they will hear but will not understand. And the quote from Isaiah chapter 6 tells us, For those who have rejected Jesus, there is a further handing over by God. Not only have they hardened their own hearts to God, but God will harden their hearts. I was once told um, that our son, our son has the means of hardening clay, but also melting ice. So too with the word of God. It will either harden someone's heart and make them more opposed to God, or it will soften their heart and enable them to live for God, to seek His kingdom and His righteousness. Are those on the outside that have already first rejected God? They will not continue to see. They will continue to see, but they will not perceive. They will continue to hear, but not understand. Uh, this is God's judgment on those that have rejected Him. And this judgment will remain on them as long as they stay in unbelief. That as long as they reject God. So what about the Christian? Well, it serves as a warning for us, doesn't it? We are not to neglect the Word of God, but instead we are to hear it. And more than just hear it, but we are also to understand it. So let me ask at this point, when you hear the Word of God, have you understood it? How has it affected you? Are you being changed and transformed by it with a greater desire to live for Jesus? Or as you hear it, are you being further persuaded not to live for Jesus, but to rather live after the created things of this world? We can't respond to the God's word if we haven't heard it properly. We can't respond to God's word if we haven't understood it properly. So the question that this raises is, how do we know we have properly heard the word of God and understood it? Well, we know we have properly understood the word of God by our response. And this brings us to our third point. Point number three, applying God's word. Friends, the understanding of God's word is so necessary to being a disciple of Christ. It is for this reason that Christ says in verse 13, that unless we understand this parable, how can we understand any other? Friends, that unless we are here and understand the word of God, we cannot understand any of Jesus' teaching. If we don't hear and understand, how can we apply it to our lives? And those who have heard God's word and understood God's word will respond to God's word, how? By accepting it and applying it to their lives. And we are told in verse 20, in verse 20 that we will produce a harvest, bearing fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Uh, what does this mean? 
What does it mean to bear fruit? Uh, the bearing of fruit does include sharing the gospel and the building up of God's kingdom. But it also includes growing in faith in Christ Jesus. Allowing God's word to increase and permeate throughout your entire life. Uh, to explain this, I want to bring up two passages for us. Luke chapter 8, verse 15, and Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 9. Let me read these passages for us. First, Luke chapter 8, verse 15, which says, But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Friends, that when you hear God's word, you won't dismiss it. That when you hear God's word, when you are at work or at school, amongst friends, amongst family, you, and you are being pressured to leave your faith behind, or even to deny Jesus, you won't deny him, but you will stand firm. Stand firm in your convictions, having been grounded and rooted in the faith. Now let me read Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 9. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to the Spirit, sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. What does this mean? As I reflected on these verses, I couldn't help think of sanctification. A sanctification is a process where the Spirit works in our lives, changing us and transforming us to be more like Christ. As the Spirit works in our lives, we respond by no longer living for the flesh, the created things of this world, but living for Christ. Therefore, what we see is a turning away from sin, the Christian bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. They are repenting of their sin. They are saying no to sin and yes to Christ. Therefore, so to the Spirit. Produce a harvest by living for God. So having said all these things, what are some practical things we can be doing that we ensure that we are not neglecting God's word? but rather cultivating our lives to properly receive God's Word. How can we ensure that God's Word is permeating and increasing in our life? That we are sowing to the Spirit rather than to the flesh? Well, we need to be hearing, responding, and applying God's Word into our lives. How do we do this? I have two suggestions for us. Read your Bibles and pray. It's a cliche, I know, but it's a cliche for a reason. It's because we really need to be doing these two things. If we want the Word of God to permeate throughout our whole life and to transform us, we need to read our Bibles and we need to pray. So first, read your Bibles. If you aren't reading your Bibles regularly, do it. I was told early in my Christian walk, that I wouldn't starve myself from a meal. I wouldn't miss a meal. 
So why would I starve myself from the Word of God? Read your Bibles. And for those who are, who are parents, read your Bibles with your children. And as you daily come to God's Word, meditate on what it says. Be challenged by God's Word. And be transformed by it. And secondly, be praying. Prayer should be something we're also doing regularly. We need to be praying that God would be continuing to transform His church. Be praying that as a church, we would stand rooted and grounded in the faith. That we'd be growing and maturing, having been nurtured by the Word of God. And be praying for one another. As we have a cup of coffee later over morning tea, um, ask, how, ask each other how you're going. Asking how I, you can be praying for one another. And why not right then and there pray for them? We need to encourage one another. We need to pray for one another. It can be so easy to fall into a pattern of neglecting God's word. Let's be honest. There are many distractions and pressures around us. However, this means that we need to be that much more proactive in God's strength to cultivate a pattern within our lives so that when we hear God's word, we will receive it, we will understand it, and we will apply it to our lives. Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, I we thank you for this time together in your word. Father, I pray for those of us here that are struggling. I pray that you would help them. I pray that you would transform them and change their lives, that they would receive your word, hold firm to it, and produce a harvest. I pray for those of us that are feeling strong in our Christian walk, and I pray that you would continue to help us to walk strong. Help us to do this by continuing to cultivate our lives through the daily task of reading your word, praying to you, and fearfully depending on you. Father, I pray for your church and pray that you would, through your word, continue to grow her, continue to mature her, and add to her number. For we pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.